Y'all have a great holiday? Yes. Yeah, Thanksgiving happened. Um, I can't even... Oh, well, the coolest thing I did is I went to the Music Box Theater in Chicago and I watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That nice. was so fun because it was like a packed crowd. Everyone knew the movie. It got like a lot of great reactions. I think like the uh, scene that got the biggest reaction was... Um, or the most memorable one was like the fa- the famous motel scene when Steve Martin is just like laying into John Candy and just being such an asshole to him. <laughs> and then like uh, the moment John Candy responds and he does his like, I like me speech, like the mm-hmm. whole theater just got quiet. It was it was really special. So um, that was the coolest thing I did. I uh, I love that movie. And that scene is probably why that movie, I think, is so incredible. Cause it's like yeah. played so perfectly. It's like, it's like a tragic, sad comedy. It's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, I know. It just like knocks me on my ass. Like every time I watch it, I'm like, Oh my God. I still haven't seen this movie. I remember last time you guys talked about it. I said I hadn't seen it. You You're haven't like, seen Plane Trains Automobiles? What? I mean, no, I think I it like not. might be my favorite comedy movie. I don't know. I think it, I'm not sure. I'm kind of like, I feel like it's I have to back choice. to that. Every time I watch it, I'm always like, this is so funny and so relatable and just, amazing yeah it's uh it's one of those movies that like in my mind i'm always like oh that's a good movie but like every time i watch it i'm like that movie is like flawless like it's just perfect from beginning to end so Hmm. yeah definitely one of uh one of the best movies if you're gonna like watch one john hughes movie i think that's like the one to watch yeah not home alone yeah i think Home Alone's worse than planes. Bro, I'm gonna watch Home Alone this year again. That's that's a. Speaking of which, the Christmas music has hit full stride. I haven't heard it yet, luckily. Oh, haven't you? Oh, you haven't gone into like a Walgreens or like a or Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) I have like trendy coffee places near me, and they play like you know, not that. (laughs) At least not yet. Luckily, Christmas is my least favorite Uh, part of the holidays. I think it's going to happen soon. So I, I said this, I think, two years ago, and I stand by it. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas for You is You. Pretty good pretty good Christmas song. Uh, oh, my God. That's J- not what Jingle I Bell Rocks is Sonic <laughs> Cancer. Yeah. The problem with Christmas music. Sonic Cancer. The, both, the problem yeah. with the Christmas music is just that it's the same songs. Like, if they had different music, it would be fine. But they play, like, the same 10 songs every year. It's like, can we get new yeah. music and then wouldn't be so bad uh it's yeah it's hard to it's hard to become a canon christmas song you got to do some work yeah i guess yeah i just don't like christmas music i don't think i have a single christmas song that i like genuinely like i think they're all just i just hate it i'm sorry sorry to be a hater i'm stuck i I can't believe you haven't seen plane trains i'm like what like what it's like you haven't seen twin peaks return you haven't seen planes trains what's happening here it's like it's like you're ignoring the the Kevin canon. Like, yeah. What's going yeah. On? Well, you've been ignoring the Aaron canon my whole life, Kevin. So, uh, yeah, but I don't watch stuff. To that be much, fair. So, yeah. Well, yeah, speaking of true. the Orin canon, uh, they played Eastern Promises on 35 millimeter on Friday, and I know Aaron skipped it because he's lame. But whatever. Bro, the New Beverly Theater is across town. It takes me like four hours to get there. You uh, should. Uh, you sh- I, it's worth it for. No, like, it's not that bad. Actually. For for v- for Vigo's dick and balls, he should have. He should have done it. Yeah, that would have been that would have been worth it. Uh, <laughs> you know, 50, fifty foot screen, 
just just a close up of Vigo's dong. I don't think there's any close ups, but there's definitely some swinging junk in that movie. Uh, it's great. I don't know. I, there's they're going to start showing all kinds of 70 millimeter stuff just down the street at the uh, 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 the what the hell is it called the Vista Theater. So I'm going to definitely take advantage of that. We just got to find a babysitter, man. It's like really hard to find yeah, a babysitter. That will, people say they'll babysit, but then like when you when it comes down to get them to do it, they're like. They're like, yeah, I'll babysit if you're if you're there with me. That's like, that's not babysitting. That's just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, that's like, like, the whole point. Is, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, but I'd like to do that. Uh, did did y'all get anything for this uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, Latex Wednesday? I don't know. No. I I avoided the FOMO yeah. this year and was like, I don't need anything. Like, why do I have to compulsively buy? So I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I didn't either. Um, good for you guys i think i I, uh, I got some like pre black friday sales for like buying mm. presents for other people but i don't want to say what those are because what if they listen to this podcast and i spoil their present you know what i mean yeah fair (laughs) uh that's true uh i did not get anything i actually went to mexico from the day after christmas and came back or day after tuesday So, uh, yeah, yeah, Christmas, Christmas too, uh, Thanksgiving, Black Friday. So I literally couldn't really order. I guess I could have ordered something. But when I got home and realized I had bought nothing, I was like, man, I feel really good about that. I noticed the Steam sale had ended, and I was kind of thinking about buying a bunch of little games that I would definitely not spend even five minutes playing. And I was like, you know, I'm glad I didn't buy those. I felt, mm-hmm. I felt good. Like, I felt the opposite of FOMO. I felt like a little bit of uh, miss out pride, I guess. I was like, yeah, fuck that shit. Um that, yeah, I also have like stacks of hard drives everywhere. Yeah, I uh, I didn't really have like any like games that I really like felt the need to buy, but I don't know. Yeah, I I, I didn't give in this year. I did not give in. Yeah, I didn't buy any. Good games, job, team. I don't think. Well, I did get Portal Two on Switch, so I can play it split screen with my girlfriend. But that's not hmm. really. It was six dollars on Switch. Yeah, it was $6 on Switch. Oh, not bad. Um, I guess that counts, though. I, I For a minute there, I thought we were really... Well, I mean, I didn't together. buy like hardware, which is really what the this that Cyber Monday and Black Friday are all about. I mean, I guess not exclusively, but... Yeah. It's true. I thought about buying some RAM or a hard drive, but I didn't do it. I did not do it, and I feel good that I didn't do it. Um, yeah. So, hmm. Mexico was fun. Um, I, I went to an all exclusive uh, or all inclusive, all exclusive, all inclusive like resort, which is not the type of traveling I normally do. So it was basically about as sanitized a version of Mexico as I could get. But uh, I still had some tacos. So. How was that? What was, what was the all exclusive uh, experience like? So it was interesting. It's like it's like being on a cruise at uh, on the beach or something. Like I was, I went to Cabo San Lucas, which is really beautiful, and it was really warm and tropical and all that. Everybody's wearing bathing suits and swimming. I spent the whole time in the pool drinking free beers. But all it's basically all you can eat food, all you can drink for free. Uh, end up handing out lots of tips and stuff. But um, mm. it's uh, the food was not that great. It was like kind of reminded me. Like some of the food was good, but a lot of the food reminded me of the kind of food that like they would serve in dorm cafeterias. <laughs> you know, it's like food for volume. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and uh, eh, I don't know. It was all right. Like next time I go to Mexico, I want to go to Mexico City and like dig in. <clears throat> Mexico City is so great. I actually went there for uh, like a year and a half ago, and 
for two weeks and oh my gosh like if all you want to do is just bar hop and just try different cocktails it's like the place to be it's so mm. fun yeah is awesome. it have a higher population than new york city and la like combined and it's like bigger than both of them mexico city yeah i think it's like, like 20 million humongous yeah it's a massive it's huge city. it's it's huge it's huge but it's like it's a really uh, cool spot. Like I actually, I personally wasn't overwhelmed by the amount of people. Um, but yeah, it was, it was honestly, there's like a, a section there called Roma Norte and it's like the Greenwich village of uh, Mexico city. So like you could, it's one of those places where you could just like walk anywhere and just find some cool, like art spot, like some improv theater or like a movie theater that serves cocktails. Uh, when I went there, um, the new David Cronenberg movie had come out there and I went to this like movie theater that was serving these cocktails called the new sex or like surgery is <laughs> the new sex, which was like, you know, the big theme of that movie. So it was like, it was, it was cool to see nice. that. And there, yeah. So it's good. <laughs> Mexico city is awesome. I highly recommend anyone go there. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about Oren. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you and Kevin a list, and I want you guys to tell me what these these games are and maybe what they have in common. Mm-hmm. We've got Dragon Age Inquisition, The Witcher Three Wild Hunt, Overwatch, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, God of War 2018, Sekiro, Sekiro. Shadows Die Twice, I The Last of Us is. Part Two, It Takes Two, and Elden Ring. Uh, what what am I talking about here? Game Awards. Game Awards winners. Uh, what do all of these games have in common? They're AAA games. Except, it will. They're all yes. Uh, consensus games. Yeah, they're consensus games. All of them except for one is a third-person game. No, really. Yeah, which uh, I, I'm gonna say means that third-person games have a heavy bias at the Game Awards. I think almost every game that's nominated currently is 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 either a third person or can be a third person game uh, wait a minute overwatch I'm, is a third person game next that's the only that's the only one that's not yeah it's overwatch okay. which what a strange pick for 2016 i know people really like that game but like man, i just feel like come on man there were some killer games 2016 there was um i think like if we Doom went 2016 i wanted doom to win i was mad that i think if won. we went in honestly i think if we went back in time and like we were able to do it over again, I think Titanfall two would have won. Like I think that game has way more of a lasting legacy than Overwatch at this point. Yeah, yeah. I guess they uh, all they all have a third person perspective to a degree, but I just don't think they play the same. No, they don't play the same. Um, but I think they're all like something there. Big budget. Um, so I, I don't know. That this makes me think, right? Uh, Top 10 lists are starting to trickle out. We've seen uh, Paste Magazine and Time Magazine both gave Alan Wake Game of the Year, which just is a little strange to me. Not that that's not a great game, but like, do, do you think, uh, what do you guys think about this? Is, is Alan Wake going to continue to dominate? Well, I think it makes sense that like, I mean, we still haven't seen like a lot of other top 10 lists come out yet because a lot of, you know, outlets are waiting until later in December to play more games or like early January. And I do kind of think it makes a little bit of sense that 
Time and Paste magazine gave it to Alan Wake too because I feel like you know it's like such a critics game like it's like oh wow it's like david lynch made a video game and it had the same level of creativity as twin peaks the return like wow like video games have really advanced as an art form like it's like that type of game so it -hmm. makes sense uh i do think there is like an element of recency bias to it um because the game literally just came out and when these critics were making their top 10 list that was probably like the last game they finished yep so i do think there is a combination of recency bias and uh just like oh like it's so it's like david lynch you know so i think that, those are my thoughts yeah i i should say uh new york times just put out their list like Hours ago, I just found it right now. It's not ranked, but the games are in alphabetical order. Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Chance of Sonar. Hmm, looks cool. Oh, I don't know cool. what that is. Dave the Diver, Final Fantasy 16, The Legend of Zelda, Terrors of the Kingdom. Pikmin Pikmin 4 came out this year? Is it still Pikmin games? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil 4, Spider-Man 2. I just don't understand how Spider-Man 2 is on all these lists. Viewfinder. I don't uh, know. Not that, it's, not that it's like a bad game. It just seems like... like are they going to start putting Assassin's Creed on every top 10 list? Like, what the fuck? Is, think, is Spider-Man, like, much better than Assassin's Creed? I think it's worse. Well, <laughs> people love Insomniac, which is fine. But uh, yeah. but uh, I do think, like, anecdotally, like, again, take this with a grain of salt. I follow a lot of game journalists on Twitter. And, like, literally the only media they consume outside of video games is, like, Super Disney cool. Plus stuff. Yeah. So... They all are all about like uh, all about Spider Man, which I, mm. I personally like. Like, well, I do think it's a little disingenuous though, because a lot of these same critics will like see Resident Evil Four remake get nominated for Game of the Year, and they're like, "Whoa, you shouldn't like like choose a Resident Evil game, especially a remake, because like they're all basically the same game." And then <laughs> Spider Man Two, then they're like all about Spider Man Two, <laughs> yeah. right? So. It's Very a, true. I think it's a little disingen- disingenuous, but yeah, I don't get it. I I don't I don't know. Maybe I should try that game. I tried the other Spider-Man game and I disliked it. Yeah, I didn't I like, like this it either. Is open world trash. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's just how I felt. I was just like, oh, this is everything I don't like about this. It's just it's just a Ubisoft game with like Marvel licensing. Yeah, and maybe slightly better graphics. Uh, I experienced superhero fatigue like a decade ago, so sure. I'm just surprised that. I'm still surprised it hasn't boiled in more, well, but yeah, I could get over the superhero element of it. It's it, w- that wasn't the problem for me. It was just it really just felt like a open world Ubisoft mm. tower climbing collectathon, but with with a lot of the like Sony likes to make their open world games a little more cinematic, a little more like like mechanically linear, which Except I find kind of heavy. Ugh, yeah. ugh. I just felt the tone of it felt very superhero-y, which I doesn't. I don't think that necessarily is like. Um, a consistent thing historically, but I think recently his, his superhero, like the past ten years, has a certain tone that it maybe didn't have in the, old, the olden days. Like I don't think uh, I would call Nolan stuff superhero. That's what, that's what I when I say superhero, that's what I mean. Or like even even like uh, what's the uh, what's the silly Batman? Bat, my friend always calls it Batman on Ice with uh, Mister Freeze. That movie's tone oh, yeah. is like really funny, but it's a very different funny than, than the funny of uh, anyway. I digress. Well, if you like go and watch like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, it's like the first two especially. Yeah, I like that one a lot. They they like have like 
a lot of creativity that you just don't see in Disney Marvel movies. Like, Disney yeah. Marvel movies really feel like they're created by an AI most of the time. <laughs> it's like a product that fulfill, like, a time slot obligation for, like, franchise building. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, if you go and watch, like, the new Ant-Man movie, it just feels like... They re- it was just an assembly line production. Like, yeah. okay, like VFX c- c- uh, team go-, go in and fill in the green screen. <laughs> like, it's terrible. But mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man 1 and 2, wow, like, there's, like, some really cool camera tricks happening in that one that I think are just, like, really inspired. Like, that's a cool move. Those movies are really cool. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess, like, on that note, did, does Spider-Man 2 feel that way, the game? Does it feel like it's assembly line game or just like a passionate game that's made by... That feels really... I don't know. I haven't played it, so I don't want to like speak ill of it. I just... I am surprised that it's, it's so highly nominated, I guess, is my feeling. Especially compared to the other games this year that were so good. Like Baldur's Gate, Resident Evil 4, yeah, Armor Core. I, right I mean, not that Baldur's Gate didn't make it on all this list, but like... <clears throat> although Paste Magazine put Baldur's Gate at like 23. Dude, that, that, that list like- is like... Troll tastic, yeah. yeah. They, they put like <laughs> number two. They're like a lot of their games I hadn't even heard of. Is like really high yeah. on here. So yeah. I'm like, are these guys friends with these developers? And they want to like give them some props, or I think they're just they trying just, to be anti. Just trying to be but like anti anti hype. I don't know. Well, I do think they're that being rebels. Armor, I think the reason why Armored Core Six isn't getting as much Game of the Year love as it should is because I just think a lot of people just didn't play it. Because it yeah. came out, it came out when everyone was playing either Starfield or Baldur's Gate three. So I do think mechs are not prestige. Yeah, it's not like prestige. It's, mechs oh, are it's too like, like it's, yeah. It's it's from software doing their guilty pleasure game, which is yeah. totally not true. But not at all. <laughs> it's it's like it's it it's in, in that respect it felt so original because i was like wow i haven't played a mech game in so long and like i remember even having kind of like grappling with the fact that it was a mech game like do i like like do yeah. i like this and i was like oh this is awesome i love this this is really cool but it had to kind of get past that initial like i don't know dated yeah. quote dated preconception of of that genre sure yeah I, it's there's um i i do think it's bizarre too that there's like so many games that were good that came out in the first six months of the year that i feel like we're just forgotten it's just again the recency bias thing yeah um yeah yeah it's just how it goes i guess that resident evil 4 remake being so good and getting so much hype and actually ending up on a lot of these lists has disqualified dead space because a lot of people constructing these lists are like no way we can have dead space and Resident Evil 4 remake. We can't yeah. have two remakes on our top 10 list, it does right? Seem you think like, it just boots yeah. it? Yeah. That's a that could that could be happening though in fairness. I liked uh, the RE4 remake like way more than the Dead Space yeah. remake, yeah. so maybe that's like yeah. the slight pushback, but but yeah, yeah I I do kind of see cuz the Dead Space remake was like as good as it could have been, you know. So I it is a little weird to not see it as much pop up, but oh well. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. really well made. Really good. I think I like original Dead Space more than original Resident Evil 4, but I probably like Resident Evil 4 Remake better than Dead Space Remake. <laughs> or I, I definitely like Resident Evil 4 Remake. Yeah, I remake better, better than Dead Space Remake. Yeah. Um, even though they're both good. Uh, hmm. All right. 
Well, Stalker trailer came out. It was mostly cinematic, um, mentioning some kind of cool story beats from the first game and uh, setting up a story that might kind of have to do with like this faction who was like basically zombies and then became unzombified because they weren't like dead zombies. They were like living zombies. Um, Monolith? Monolith, yeah. Mm. So I still think that it's like 50-50 that this game is like 50 percent chance maybe 60 percent chance this game comes out and is just you know 40 percent <laughs> finished and just not unfortunately not not in a good state uh and then there's like you know like a 30 percent chance that it comes out and it's like it's very ambitious and it's got a lot of things working for it but a lot of bugs and a lot of problems and it gets fixed with patches and then maybe a small chance that it just comes out and it's great but I'm very skeptical of. I don't know. I I love these guys. I'm rooting for them, but it's. Uh, it sounds like they're they're biting off a lot, and I don't know. We'll see. I'm very curious. But quarter one, so it's coming soon. Um, yeah. Yeah. What a lot, the other thing? So they're putting out 2.1. I think is the patch for Cyberpunk. I put so this cool. in the Discord. They're putting out the, the the. They're making a public transportation system that works. Something that they had initially shown. I don't know if this is just going to be that you click a button and you warp to a room and it's kind of like a more of a cutscene, or if it's actually going to be sort of seamless with the world. I, I doubt that, but I think you actually ride way, it the world. That's so that would be pretty amazing. Yeah, that, that's that that sounds cool. Uh, like just riding the subway it's 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 also a little bit too much like the real subway it's like people are like panhandling and, and like you know bothering you on, on the train <laughs> so. it's very cool uh, they're doing that I, I that whole announcement was such a surprise they're redoing yeah last yeah it was a surprise to me too i didn't think that they would did they thought they were done with that game there'd be no more patches or updates I am about halfway through the Phantom Liberty. I'm definitely going to finish that in the next week or two. Uh, definitely before we do our game of the year, and uh, I'm having a good time. But I'm glad. I'm now. I'm like not going to play another minute until they add that patch because I want to get on the. I want to get on the subway or the. Uh, I guess it's the train. But yeah. Um, okay. So Baldur's Gate three released a patch. Another like just patches. They, they added a bunch of stuff, but one thing they added was a permadeath mode a a a a one run where it locks your save so like not only does it like if you die you die but also like you can't go back on your save after any dice rolls which is what everybody does Mm -hmm. saves gums like oh you know i lost the dice roll um so i thought that was really cool so i tried it last night and i played it and i got uh about an hour into the game and i get into like a first like one of the first real tough fights of the game and gail just gets fucking killed <laughs> right off the bat i'm like damn it he's dead and then oh so gail's dead so uh i win the fight and then i'm in it's this tight little room and somebody had thrown some sort of poison or something on the ground and so my two guys get downed and shadow hearts in the back of the room and i'm like oh what the hell's going on here so i like try to walk her over and she picks up both astarion and my character and then she gets down, and then Asterion gets down, and then I get down, and it's game over. Oh, man. And I was like, that is not the way I wanted this to end. That was a cheesy, like, I could have played that better, but, like, it felt like a little bit of an annoying cheap death, to be fair, in, like, you know, 100 hours of my main campaign. That that kind of thing's only happened maybe once, but... Sucks. Uh, playing a game where your character can get one shot pushed off a cliff in the first round of battle... <laughs> In permadeath is, is definitely like uh, pretty serious. Uh, yeah, yeah. The pushing off oh, is definitely, yeah. 
Dude, like the number of times I've had a battle where I just didn't, but and then again, it's kind of on me because I positioned my character next to a, a cliff, but like, you know, started a battle, get pushed off the cliff, dead, completely dead, like gone from existence. And I'm like, okay, well, we're reloading that. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. Right. Uh, I'd be down to play. I, we should try it. We should try the permadeath run, Kevin, see how far we can make it. Okay. I'll it, try it. It could be pretty fun. You um, guys should do like a 72 hour like just like not sleep and just keep playing it you know what i mean put it on twitch is it on hard mode by all can you play it on easier difficulty you can there's so there's a custom difficulty now so you could do a one life version on an easier difficulty okay. but it's by default on hard and if you beat it on hard there's you get some you get an achievement obviously and you get some other stuff but um you get like a set of dice in the game which i mean whatever but uh yeah <laughs> I don't know. It's cool. So the, I will say though, if you if your character dies and you want to keep playing, you can still play, but you like you're no longer in the like Iron Man mode. You're back. You're in a custom oh, difficulty mode. Okay, so you can so continue your save. You can. So if you were playing for like, and you're at the very end of the game, you yeah, could, you could just finish the game. Okay, that's good because um, that would just suck if the run was over. Essentially, but I just let my character get deleted. They're like, do you want to continue? And I was like, no, he died there. <laughs> he died in a pool of of poison. <laughs> Left over by some dead enemies, by some dead crypt looters. Mm. Uh, pretty silly. Um, I will say, uh, I uh, I'm in the third, deep in the third act now. You, oh, I rolled wow. credits on this game. You can roll credits in the second act, which is um, which is kind of crazy. There's like a moment in the game without like spoiling <laughs> anything. Like imagine if like a sniper was in Berlin in 1942 and shot Hitler, kind of thing happens. <laughs> so like that was uh, that was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh. I just beat the game. Oh, that's <laughs> like that uh, a lot left. That's like how you can uh, in Metal Gear Solid Three you can kill uh, the, the old end. guy early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember discovering that as a kid, and I was like, "Whoa!" I couldn't believe it. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's awesome. But uh, I, I did want to say something about Baldur's Gate Three. Uh, Aaron and I were going to the Game Awards next week. Um, my sister Marie is addicted to Baldur's Gate Three, and she's like. You have to get a photo with the actor who plays Asterion. Oh, dude, if we can. I mean, that guy's going to get swamped. <laughs> dude, but... he's also yeah. a Heisenberg and the nemesis, so you definitely should get a photo with him. I know. I should, like, have him wear, like, the Heisenberg glasses, but, like, tell him to have, like, yeah. you, like put on this, like, wig, this Asterion wig. Uh, <laughs> so he's, like, dude, Heisen Asterion. Yeah, Ethan. him and Edris Elba are You boulder-punching asshole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's him. <laughs> yeah. The greatest line in Resident Evil history. <laughs> Man. Uh, well, the, yeah. okay, the, the two best Resident Evil lines ever are Boulder Punching Asshole and No Thanks, Bro. Those are the two best lines. <laughs> what yeah. about Jill Sandwich? What about Jill Sandwich? Yeah, you would have. Jill Sandwich Jill is Sandwich. definitely. That's or like you, five. Jill, the master of unlocking, should take it with you. Yeah. Yeah, or, but those are like anything from Barry. Honestly, yeah, whoa, that's true. this hall is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, there's some blood here. I'm gonna check it out. Is that him? Yeah. What, there's some what blood is here. this? What is it? Oh my God. Blood. <laughs> I didn't realize. I don't know what's um, going on. <laughs> I don't. We, yeah, we love It's just a gold mine of bad lines. It's all translated and bad, bad translation and bad acting. It's just you can't beat it. I need to go back to like the original Resident Evil and replay it just for the lines. Oh it's man, so you great. should. It's also just still such a good game. Yeah, so. right. Mm. 
We love Resident uh, Evil. No, they haven't. Oh. The Resident Evil one Yeah, stuff? the OG. The, the, the 2D. 2, you 2, can play it on PS5. It's terrible, but... I wish that they would. I want, like, a, a collection of them that's, like, slightly something they can do. After all the collections I've seen recently, I don't want that. I, I have RetroArch. Yeah, I think... I think <laughs> like, maybe they could do something with it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, Capcom, the master of remastering. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but let's just remake it. Remaking. Not the master. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Is that so, one of our topics? They're doing remasters. Uh, yeah, like they're going to do more remakes, Capcom. Yeah, that's true. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. It's gonna, you think, uh, think Code Veronica is so, going to happen? I think it could. With the success of these remakes, I think they actually could do Code Veronica. Uh, I think Code Veronica would be really cool, but I also think they're like really... They teased five so much in the the separate ways DLC that that's probably the next game they're gonna do. There's five. no way they're not doing five. Yeah, I think I think yeah, that it's gonna be different though because the way that that played out was different than the original game. So I think that they're changing it, or I don't know. I have a feeling that five's gonna have a, a rewrite, which I think it's is a good idea. So. Yeah, that's like we've talked about it before on the podcast, yeah. but I think Resident Evil Five needs to like pretty substantially change, <laughs> you know, because I feel like it will just be way too controversial if they just like redo it. But um, I'm kind of curious if they still do the co-op stuff, just because like the single-player horror stuff has been so popular. But also, I don't know. People love Resident Evil Five and Resident Evil Six, so maybe they will just do another co-op oh, game. They shouldn't do know. Six. That's a bad People idea. People love Resident Evil 6, you said? RE6 sucks. It's, like, fun to play I still. know it's the second best selling, but... Um, it like right, sucks. that's the thing, though. It's, it's, like, the second best selling, so I don't know if they're going to keep... Actually, if they, like, like, keep like going with it. RE6 would need a rewrite, and, like, a re... Like, the combat... The combat's good, but the game is so linear. It's, like, the most, like, linear game, like, I've played. In, one of the most linear games I've ever played. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, yeah. but... I don't. I'm not necessarily like opposed to more remakes if they if they are like at the level of quality of two and four, you know. But yeah. I do. I do know that like a lot of people didn't like the three remake for like valid reasons. So like if they just kind of like poop out five and six and they're like less effort than two and four, then like I'll be I'll look at it more cynically. But if they're actually serious about making good games, I'll I'm open to it. What if six I, I just is, want to say, yeah, I love that you guys hijacked my Baldur's Gate three segment for a complete <laughs> off-topic Resident Evil. You get more about Resident Evil. Oh, I thought, you were, I thought you were done with Baldur's Gate. I'm sorry. Uh, not, it's not on the show notes. No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't know. I, you, I thought you were done. With no, Baldur's it's okay. Gate. I, no, I just want to say this team is so talented now, and they're making such good games. I would really love to see them take a crack at something original. I, I mean, I guess that's what they. I don't know how many teams there actually are. So maybe there's two teams or something. Three teams. For but, Capcom. Yeah, whoever's yeah. making these Resident Evil games, it's it's unclear to me. But, but let's let them make some new stuff. Like maybe let them like branch out. Maybe it's like a Resident Evil universe, but it's maybe a new game with some new. I feel like it's getting like a seven little stale. Was. Like yeah, like seven. It's all getting stale. Seven was so, yeah, like a reboot. Yeah, I I think like the way I kind of have been seeing these games, I think seven was like a reboot, but it was also kind of like a trial run for Resident Evil Two remake. You know, and then yeah. Resident Evil Village was kind of like a trial run for Resident Evil 4 remake, so it's mm-hmm. kind yeah. of but uh, apparently the next one, Resident Evil 9, is like 
gonna be like one of their their most ambitious games ever like apparently like there have been leaks and they're like putting all of their chips into that game so i have no idea how that's gonna look like that sounds cool yeah uh i'm i'll i'll obviously i'll try it (laughs) right yeah i think it'd be cool if they made a new dino crisis game not a remake necessarily but one in the spirit of it like a right. reboot or something that could that be, would be awesome. I think that could be a cool franchise that they haven't really done anything with, and they still could do a lot of new stuff with it. it doesn't have to actually be exactly the same. Yeah, could you imagine if a company came out and made a movie based off a movie from the eighties that that basically has faded from public memory, like an action movie from the eighties, and they made like a first person shooter, like a licensed first person shooter shooter out of that. A movie, yeah, they made except, a game based except, on a movie from the 80s or a movie based on a movie from the 80s? Yeah, a game based off a movie from the 80s, like a really cool action movie about like, you know, Alien. the police and capitalism. Oh. Yeah, because oh. people have totally forgotten about RoboCop, you know, like everyone's like, ah, yes, that obscure movie from the 80s. That Is that obscure? Watches. But it's not like top of mind. Like RoboCop uh, was not I trending disagree. on Twitter since Twitter's inception until this game came out. Maybe I'm too plugged into film Twitter and stuff, but I feel like RoboCop is like pretty beloved by a lot of people. Like, no, I I agree, but it's <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, I don't know. It's not. It's it's still like, you go ask people, ah, what's what do you think of RoboCop prior to this game? A lot of people are like, uh, oh, is that a movie from? Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I mean, Unless they're like film sci-fi nerds, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so. I actually hold RoboCop in higher regard than like Ridley Scott's masterpieces. Like, I really love RoboCop. I think RoboCop that's like one of the it's so interesting. Good. Ro- uh, RoboCop is one of the best satires ever made. Like, it's it is like great. incredible. <laughs> it is. It's it, like yeah. corporate corruption and police corruption, and just like nailed it. Dude, his satire of stuff is just incredible. Paul, I Rahun. know Paul. Yeah, he's uh, his especially his like '90s run, like from oh, RoboCop yeah. to Starship Troopers, like that. It's my time favorite. Man in Hollywood is just like unbelievable. Hyper violence um, with like a smart message is like it's like my favorite thing. And Paul Verhoeven's like the king of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? A, not to like go down a Paul Verhoeven hole, but like I think what makes his sat- approach to satire so unique is that. It's not explicitly satire, and you can kind of like mistake in it for just like being an action movie. But like, you know, he's in on it. You know, he's making fun of fascism and he's making fun of capitalism, but he's not oh, yeah. like explicitly saying it, you know? So, mm-hmm. but uh, I have been, I, I finished playing the Robocop game, Robocop Rogue City, um, which I, that's the game I've been playing over the past two weeks, like exclusively. Um, it's actually like a pretty long game. I was surprised by how long it was. It's like, I was, I kind of went into it expecting like an eight hour, like shooter, but it's like a 16 hour action RPG with like Bethesda elements and dialogue trees and skill trees. Yep. Oh yeah. Did you not know that? Yeah. No, I I did not know that. I thought you were talking about it being like fear. I was, yeah, that's okay. Wow. Tell me more. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because it's like, it's like if. It's like if uh, fe- like you had a game like Fear, but you kind of interspersed it with RPG elements. And um, I don't know if I loved the RPG elements at the beginning of the game because like the game like kind of takes a long time to get going because it wants you to be immersed in the world. It wants you to be 
immersed as RoboCop. Like you're kind of going around talking to like citizens and like you either give them like a warning being like, don't, don't commit a crime in like the Peter Weller voice or like, or you'll give them like a ticket. And um, the game kind of has like this dial or this like um, morality system where it's like, you just become like a fascist police officer or you can like kind of enhance the public trust and people start to trust you because you're not like punishing them. You're just admonishing them, which is cool. But um, I think like as the game went on, the game gets way better because it just becomes more of a, like a straight up fear like action game. And it has like a really cool combat loop that I haven't really seen recently because um, usually in a lot of I feel like there's two types of first person shooters now. You either have boomer shooters, you know, like where you're like hopping around, shooting guys, things are blowing up, everything is super high speed. You have like that style of shooter. But on the other end of the spectrum, you have like the cover based shooters where you're like hiding behind cover and you're like peeking out and you're firing and and that. This one is really unique because the whole thing that they're doing is that you're like a really slow moving character, but the game gives you a lot of health. So the way you're supposed to play it is you're like literally like in the middle of the room, 10 guys are shooting at you and you're trying to dispatch them as creatively as possible or like as quickly as possible. And it's really cool. Like, I just think it's like a really neat Hmm. um, and different uh, gameplay loop than what I'm used to. Like, um, and and it's, it's just fun. Um, You can like upgrade your arsenal in a way where like you can have slow motion so you really mm. can play it like fear. The particle effects are insane. Um, the, you, there's even like an upgrade you can put on your robot Robocop pistol to enhance the gore. So there's more gore when you shoot guys. And it's That's just awesome. Like... That's in the spirit of Paul Verhoeven, if I've ever heard it, huh? I know, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it's it's really neat. It's like a really cool video game. Um, I... Uh, I just, uh, I again, like I finished it after 16 hours. I don't know if I'm going to like replay it right away because I felt like I got my fill, but I, I, th- I had like a really good Robo time, Robocop time. It was just, it was, um, it's not like the deep satire that Paul Verhoeven's going for, but it does have good satirical elements to it. Like the game, a lot of the game has like the same ideas of like, what if, what if a corporation owned the law enforcement and like, what does that world look like? And like, the answer is that it's just like a late capitalist dystopia. Like uh, there was even a note that I found saying like um, that, like, Oh yeah. Like we can't really provide our soldiers, like our, our cops healthcare because too many of them are getting killed every day or something or wounded, or it's like, you can't take a day off if you have a flesh wound. Uh, because it's like too expensive for the corporation to provide for that so it's like it has a lot of good like late capitalist stuff um there's some really great tributes to the movie um my favorite one without spoiling has to do with the the line when um Bedeker says bitches leave from the first mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. they do a riff on that that's really funny mm-hmm. um i'll stop talking but uh overall really good game um definitely uh, honestly like just like a lot of fun and it's i kind of needed it after i played 
both Alan Wake 2 and the Talos Principle 2, which were very cerebral, very artistic, very slow-paced games. And just playing yeah. a game that really felt like a video game and was like a fear-like and just fun to play was just like a nice change of pace, you know? Hmm. Tell me something, Oren. Uh, how was the enemy AI? Like, was it, did, were these like dynamic, interesting fights or were you just basically just blowing up pinatas? Um, you know what? Like the AI, it's not like amazing, but it's good enough. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think it's, it's kind of like the whole thing with like stealth action games. Like you want, like in Hitman, for example, you want AI that is smart, but not too smart. So you can exploit it. And that's kind of how I felt about the AI in this game. Uh, they do some good stuff, like um, like they throw grenades at you and stuff. Um, if you shoot them in the balls, they hold their balls, <laughs> just like the movie, and you get an achievement for it, um, which mm -hmm. is great. Uh, you can like go up and grab them by the throat and throw them. Like there's a lot of good like RoboCop like references going on, but it's it's like very dynamic, and I just thought it was. And it's just like cool, kind of like with Power Wash Simulator last year. It's cool playing a first person game that isn't like that doesn't play like other first person games because like this really felt like a different style of first person shooter. I was like a little nervous about the slow walking at points, but you can unlock a dash, which I think mitigates that problem. Um, and it's it's kind of fun just stomping around Detroit as RoboCop and just like being like taller than everyone and like really imposing or it's, it's fun. Well, you're not, it's kind of weird. You're like not that much taller than everyone, but you still feel like this like menacing presence restoring order. So, hmm. yeah. How's Peter Weller sound? He's getting up there now. I know. So he sounded, I thought he sounded good. I, I okay. know that there was a YouTuber who I follow. Uh, I think it's um, under the Mayo said it. He said that like his voice was a little low energy. I personally didn't have that problem. I thought he sounded fine the whole game. Um, I did have an, a problem with Lewis's characterization because in the movies she's like a lot more f like feisty and spunky, but like mm -hmm. in the game she's just like really has no personality <laughs> at all, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, which I thought was a little disappointing. Um, but uh, yeah, I th I thought. I thought the storytelling was was good enough. I, I would have preferred like my biggest flaws in the game are like like the first like four to five hours. I just thought were like too RPG heavy. Like I think they really needed to dial that back a bit. And I thought as I was playing the game, I was like, wow, this is like really like slow. But once once you get past the first few chapters, it really just blossoms into more of an action game. And mm -hmm. the RPG elements are doled out a little bit more tastefully. So if you're going to like try this game and you're like kind of bored for the first few hours, I'd say just stick with it because it, it definitely gets better. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to definitely try it eventually. I do. I'm interested, obviously, like a cool, like a good RoboCop game is pretty exciting. You know? Yeah. I, I was surprised that it got like a 70, like it had like, it has like a 72 on Metacritic or something. Um, you know, like everyone is entitled to their opinions. Like if people really feel like it's a seven or six out of 10 game, that's fine. But I actually thought it was like, like the amount of real problems I had with the game where I, like, I could count on my left hand, you know, and I just thought overall it was like a really solid, like eight, maybe even nine out of 10 experience. Um, oh, nice. And 
yeah, I, I thought it was really solid. And it makes me wonder if a lot of critics, I, I was kind of scanning reviews a little bit. I think a lot of game critics have like a bias towards presentation. Oh, so, yeah. so like, even if like the game has like really strong combat and like, it's like really pretty, it plays well, it's fun. If the facial animations are bad, they're like, ah, oh, this is like a six out of 10 game. That's like a, you know? a Kroby cat thing too. He'll be like, all he'll do, like this game sucks because like, if you shoot the thing, it doesn't like have much water come out as other game where the water, much more water comes out. Like, look at the difference. Look how much better this game is. It's like, that's not the whole game. <laughs> it's just these details. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I completely like, agree. I mean, it's like, it's straight up a fear like, which I, I feel <laughs> like I haven't seen in, in a while. Um, like just, shooting guys in slow motion and there's particle effects like everywhere just like and like you just see a guy's head explode in slow motion like it's they even have like SWAT team characters that appear later in the game that look exactly like they came out of fear and I'm like they know <laughs> they know what they're doing mm. these guys know what they're doing <laughs> so nice. it's, it's really neat and um, there's like a lot of great weapons too like the when we do our game of the year discussion, I know we always love to do best weapon and I'm going to nominate the desert Eagle from this game as the best weapon. Cause it like one shots most enemies and it's so satisfying. Like mm. it's so satisfying breaching through a wall and you just like take out four guys in slow motion, just bam, 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 bam. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, mm. I love it. And, uh, the game has like a nice emphasis too on long range combat too, where you're kind of like standing in the middle of the room and a guy is like half a football field away and you're kind of like trying to pick him off with like a desert Eagle or your robot Robocop pistol. Like it feels really good. Um, <laughs> it's very, it feels really <laughs> good. Yeah. So, okay. That sounds rad. I, I want to check it out. I'll probably get it when it's on sale or I have a little more time. Yeah. Top have, 10. Uh... It's in my top 10 currently. It might actually be in oh, my man. top 10 more than some other prestige games this year that I won't <laughs> spoil. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I made a list. Uh, I'm up to like 17 games that need to be narrowed down to 10. And um, I still haven't played Armored Core. I don't even know how I'm going to play Armored Core this year, honestly. it's I, I want to, but I, I don't, I don't know where the time. Now. Yeah, unless you just blast through it. I mean, it's fun. it's fine. I haven't played Starfield. I haven't played Zelda, and I haven't played Baldur's Gate three. So well, we you don't we have to feel bad about Starfield, but Starfield you can skip. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My uh, brother he started playing Starfield like a few days ago, and then he like uh, texted me, and he's like, "I think I'm done with Starfield." And I'm like, "Wow, that took about three days. Amazing." Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. not a terrible game. It's but just it's, really yeah. lacking the stage. There's a power lot of competition. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I think it's their um, worst game. That's like since hmm. Oblivion, probably. In hindsight hmm. now. Hmm. I don't know, man. The Fallout 4, maybe? Worse, actually? I yeah, Fallout 4, I think, is. I didn't even play that game, so what the fuck am I talking about? But, but <laughs> just, just I, I want Fallout to say. Fallout 4, I think, is worse. worse. But, the, yeah. Anyways, um, I just think that Kevin, uh, CD Projekt yeah. Red is just, you know, taken over. I think yeah. they're just like, yeah, like The Witcher Three is like a better version of their fantasy games, and Cyberpunk's a better version of their sci-fi games. Cyberpunk so like, just destroys Starfield. 
it was like no and Baldur's Gate like those two yeah, and like, Baldur's Gate Cyberpunk right. and you play Baldur's, Baldur's Gate, Gate and then you go play Starfield you're like this feels like three generations apart yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh, too bad um, oh well yeah but uh huh well Kevin how much Alan Wake have you played in the last uh, two weeks zero oh wow <laughs> This is games. really taking a turn. This is really taking a turn. And it makes me wonder if we should relitigate our survival horror. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Top maybe. Five uh, so I also <laughs> haven't played any Alan Wake in the last two weeks. I keep wanting to go back. like, But I just... like I, I've been playing a ton of Baldur's Gate. Um, I've actually been playing a ton of Tactics Ogre. That, that is just the gift that keeps on giving. I re-listened to our Game of the Year podcast last year, and I and I let Baldur's I let Tactics Ogre go from the top ten, and now I realize I should not have done that. I should have, I should have, I should have. I, I did it like because I was like, you guys didn't play it, and it's like such a me game. But that is a that is a killer game. Uh, yeah, I gotta go back into Alan Wake too. I I, I need to at least see the the We Sing or whatever that everybody now that it's like ultra spoiled for me, but. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's probably number. not gonna have the same impact anymore. Like. When I was yeah. playing the game, I had no idea it was coming. So yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that game is just not, it just, it doesn't have its hooks in me. Like I, I, I like it, but I just have, a, I have to force myself. It feels like work right now. I know there's at some point I'm going to go back and probably play through the whole game and have a really great experience, but it's like very hard to get in the headspace that I need to be for that sort of slow paced game. Uh, I saw like this guy on Twitter who I usually like named Andy Cortez and he like was insinuating that the Alan Wake 2 j- Dodge is better than the Resident Evil 4 remake Perry and it made me want to rip my hair out. I was like, "No!" That's yeah, crazy. get out of here. The, the <laughs> remake Perry is like the most satisfying thing I think I've done mechanically all year. Like it's like yeah. landing, like landing those is just like Yes. <laughs> and and, the, and then he parry. went on to say that the Resident Evil 4 remake should have a dodge, and I just wanted to like jump out a window. I was like, I, I, I can't take these people with these terrible takes who are, are mainstream podcasters. Like, mm. they're, they're pushing the Overton window too much to, like, <laughs> you know what? Like, there should be no horror elements in this game. It should just be Doom Eternal. <laughs> like, yeah. shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah, it should just yeah. be Doom Eternal. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel for that guy because kind of funny, makes great content, and those guys are very impressive in terms of their ability to have cultivated a business and grow. Right. Like, they, they put out po- like three podcasts, four podcasts, podcasts every day. I don't know what it is. They're, they're, they put out so much content that it's like, they don't always have time to think about what they say. Sometimes I feel like, when I'm the podcast, <laughs> right. like they're just like, you guys didn't think about this before you said it. I mean, I know I've been guilty of doing the same thing. So it's not, yeah. not a knock, but just I wouldn't take everything super serious that they say. Uh, yeah, I get it. I mean, like we say dumb stuff all the time, too. So like, I get it. It happens. Yeah. Uh, so, Oren, I, I want to have a talk with you about something. Um, I just want you to know. That Kevin and I still love you. Okay? What did I and do? That, that that it's okay. This isn't about anything that you did. Okay, this isn't your fault. You didn't make this happen. But Kevin and I have decided to start playing World of Warcraft again. Oh no! All right, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna log off this podcast. No. <laughs> uh, so speaking there's, of there dumb two... stuff that people do on this podcast, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, there, there was two 
major inciting events that, that brought this about. The first was that WoW Classic is having a season of Discovery where they're remixing stuff. It's the original version of WoW, which is really the only one we like. Um, but then it turns out Kevin's texting me about like there's a hardcore mode that has permadeath. So like just to put this into context, WoW is a game that it takes about 200 hours if played efficiently to get to the max level. A permadeath mode means that at any minute you could lose that forever, uh, which it just changes every single thing about the game. So we started playing some of the permadeath mode, which I think is way more exciting than the season of discovery, but the season of discovery is neat. The, the remixed. Wow. But like permadeath MMO, all of a sudden, everything in the world is hostile. Every, in every, in uh, every fight could be the last, uh, it's it's pretty fucking cool. It's good. It's really good. It's something that you have to play it to really get the vibe for how dangerous it is. Because like it's like, oh my gosh, if I die, all my money's gone. Everything that I've done on this character is gone. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, yeah, like I we've already almost died multiple times. Um, and we went into a cave. I remember the troll cave, and there was this dwarf paladin fighting something. And like I remember, like Aaron pulled some enemies, and he like started helping you. And then he like he got attacked and he died. And we're like, dude, this guy he just died. died. <laughs> he's good Samaritan. Dead. Dead. Good Samaritan. He's out. He has no. He's not coming back. That's it. His character is done. He has to start over. So That's it was horrible. definitely like, yeah, it had meaning. It was a big deal. People die. It's like you, yeah. This sounds. This sounds like um like a future video essay, right? Like how World of Warcraft permadeath instills a fear of mortality or something. Well, <laughs> it changes the way that people interact with the game in like almost every way because people treat the content as being so trivial because there is no fear of death, and they're always like going for this extrinsic goal of I need to get this quest done, I need to get this next piece of armor, I need to do that. All of a sudden, permadeath, you're like, oh, I can't even play the game. Think about that shit. Yeah. I just need to. Every moment is just survival. So it like completely changes the way you think about the game and you interact with the game and you interact with people in the game. Like like Kevin said, like this dude went to help me and then he died. Oh my God. And like we have that whole like, like, yeah, he's gone. The character's dead. He can't get you, you must feel such guilt. Did he message you after? Like, fuck. You can't. He's, he's dead. The character's dead. <laughs> no, he can, I think he can still message because you're a ghost afterwards. Um, but like, uh, no, I, I LOL'd at his corpse. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. That, that would have been. He definitely <laughs> was like surprising though, just to see like, wow, that guy's gone. Like, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I'm really liking permadeath modes in games. I thought it really worked in Hitman. Um, I guess Hitman to some extent, it's not permadeath, but like, you know, one shot. Yeah. Um, I was really liking it in Baldur's Gate 3 until I got killed by poison. Uh, <laughs> and, and in World of Warcraft, it's 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 just making the game a completely different experience. Um, and, and it's the kind of thing where if you played with a group of friends that were really tight-knit and playing really well together and really synchronizing and focusing together, like you could really take it far. People were getting to the max level. Like As we were playing, every few minutes it would announce. because Because it's such a feat to get to the max level, they announce it globally so it'd be like so and so hit max level so and so hit max level um yeah, and it was wow. like oh that's that's crazy yeah yeah i remember like with uh hitman freelancer like i remember like the first time i like completed a campaign on the permadeath mode like it was literally like 
I was trying to like I had a sniper and I was trying to choose between like three targets and like I couldn't figure out which one it was so I just was like I'm taking the shot and I took the shot and I hit the right target and everyone heard the sniper go off and I was like literally sprinting to the exit as <laughs> henchmen were like firing pistols at me and I made it and I was that was like feeling was so like I, I get it like you know permadeath it really does add like an extra dimension to these games yeah you know? and like yeah. Uh, every everything that you get that benefits you is has much more meaning. So like any tiny little nudge you can take to, to make it a little bit better and safer is like you will always do it. Whereas normally you don't think about that stuff because it's inconsequential. Yeah. yeah, it almost makes like Elden Ring seem like easy mode. You know what I mean? Like I I can die and come back. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they should add a Elden Ring permadeath. Mode. Those games are designed around <laughs> oh my dying though. It's like it's the core to like the learning the game it's like you die and you learn how what you have to do next time so it just seems like you have to be a master otherwise it would just suck <laughs> right i mean it's going to be the same thing with Baldur's gate i, I think anybody yeah. who would try to play through their first playthrough I, I think the people that, that actually beat it in that mode are going to be watching guides and yeah. strategizing every fight Prep. but um yep yeah but uh yeah it's it's the the wild classic hardcore mode is really cool the season of discovery is neat um it's it's neat that they are keeping the classic WoW alive because that's really the only. It is very hard to find MMOs that seem worth playing. Most MMOs just feel like Destiny, grindy co-op games where they just get you spinning plates. And like WoW Classic is one of the few that doesn't have that thing. It's much more of like, oh, we're on this journey together, exploring. Sure. It's, it's, it's yeah. the good stuff. It's the it's like yeah. it's the fun, and the people talk to you too. Like I remember, I played WoW Retail, and it was the same thing. It was like no one talks or does anything in the new ones. They just like right. they're all in this like their loot grind focused, and like there's no right. doesn't feel like it's a community at all. Whereas classic, yeah. it's like it's a group of people all hanging out. It's it's a different experience. Yep. Uh, so Kevin, I heard you got that Mario Brothers Wonder. I did. I did. I got it. I got it because I read that the co-op you don't bump into each other anymore. Well, I, told you that. <laughs> I, I read that you told me that yeah yeah i deserve credit okay. fuck, fuck any sure. authors on the internet you told me that that's there we go <laughs> okay um but yeah uh that that's a significant change to it's such a significant change that the co-op is really fun it's a really fun it's like it goes from uh, i think it was i don't know mario wii u tedious co-op you bump each other and kill each other and tr- you honestly easily troll each other accidentally troll each other to just a game where you can play the game together and it's really fun and help each other out so just funny how it changed that mechanic i'm happy they changed it because donkey kong didn't have collision like that and it was really fun so i think that was that's a significant change that's like it's it's a fundamental co-op change um i felt like this game is like finally mario world 2 and not yoshi's island but like actually like, hey, this is like the this is like the successor to Mario World. Like, it feels yeah. it has some Mario Brothers three too. I mean, both those games are similar, obviously, but it feels yeah. like there's like some music cues from Mario World. There's some design things from Mario World. Like, I'm pretty happy about that because Mario World's like one of my favorite games ever. And uh, having what feels like they finally gotten out of the like eight bit remake era, which is kind of like all the Mario Brothers U and new Super Mario Brothers games to sixteen bit, it's a pretty cool thing. I I'm happy about that. Um, and there's every level has this uh, like a mechanic in it. There's like you get this flower, and then it like changes mm-hmm. the way the game plays. And it's like it's kind of a little bit like Odyssey was like that too. Like Odyssey, you could like put your hat on stuff, and suddenly you'd be playing like a new mini game or a new mechanic or a new thing. And this game has that too. 
like one level like your mario becomes like stretched out like his body becomes elongated and the background changes color hmm. and like it totally changes how the game plays <laughs> like you get stuck on some places but also you can like kill enemies in different ways because you're taller so um and there's another one where like it changes the perspective where like it turns sideways so you're saying you're playing a top-down game but the level stays the same so like you're oh. like moving like in a different axis like yeah they they, huh. they are really creative with these flowers and i think it like it's a really like a uh, fresh take on mario um i'm, I'm like loving the game i think it's 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 a, it's a it's a i think it's a better they've always had decent 2d mario games but i think it's a, a like an even better one and i also just like had the thought of like it's really cool that they've like kept their 2d like they have two genres of mario like and they've kept them both like because they know they obviously realize the value of the design differences between 3d and 2d mario so it's cool that they release both games like they release both games of both styles so i was happy about that i'm, I'm mm-hmm. playing about I'm about i'm on the fourth world i think or third world i don't know i played about mm. eight hours i think oh yeah you're further than me that's cool i it's <laughs> it's good it's gorgeous isn't it yeah like, it's really, shockingly it good great. looking yeah yeah, it looks great. I, I actually, um, I, I watched my uh, two of my brothers on Thanksgiving play this game for a little bit. I didn't play it, but I watched them. And I got to say that flower me- mechanic is really cool. Yeah. Um, it's like every time you you do it, um, it, like the level will just change in really unpredictable ways. Uh, my brother said like, <laughs> he called them the acid flowers. It's yeah, like, exactly. oh, yeah, this, this is where you like take mushrooms or you take acid and the level changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it definitely has a psychedelic element, like visually even. So yeah, visually even too. It's, it's very cool. It's, it's, uh, um, it's it, it, it makes the game exciting in ways that I like wouldn't expect from that. It's like, well, how could this level change? I mean, what do I have to do? You know, I'm impressed that Nintendo's managed to like iterate on this design while keeping it feeling like Mario, but still feel fresh after like what, like what, thirty years, thirty five years? I don't even know. Like it's 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 a it's a design that you would think had been, you know, done and done and done, even with user generated levels and everything, but they still right. managed to make it feel fresh. So. Some props yeah. on that, you know, and it's a game game of the year contender at the game awards for like you know a year like this. It's like you know yeah. you know we could talk about the politics of it and whatever, but I still think it's kind of impressive that it even like made the cut. Like you'd think that that like they would need a Super Mario Odyssey two to yeah. accomplish that, you know. I think it's cool that it's nominated because it's a two D platformer. You know, it's not like a three D third person oh, game Aaron. that's true it's not a third person game you're right oh my god yeah yeah i think that's pretty cool you know it's like, a good so one it's Wait. not gonna win but it's, it's cool. not gonna win that, that brings me back to a question that i actually had that i think i forgot to ask given the bias towards third person particularly like third person either third person open world we have third person open world and third person uh well, cinematic games i guess there's not as, quite as many third person cinematic games as the last of us but uh do you think Baldur's Gate being more of a top-down, somewhat isometric-ish game, is that a handicap against it, For given that uh, Alan Wake 2 is uh, is a proper third-person? You can play Alan Wake, or you can play Baldur's Gate in third-person with the controller. So this is true. If you play it on... Uh, I actually played the demo. There's a demo on PSN. I played it. Uh, it played way better than I thought it would on PS5. Um it looked good too. It was, it was, I was like, "Oh, this is not so bad." You just got to get used to spinning some wheels. But uh, I still think Baldur's Gate Three is like a lock for Game of the Year. But 
Um, I'd be curious. I'd be really uh, surprised and disappointed if Zelda won. <laughs> just yeah. because Zelda? I feel like, yeah, because I just think that like that's like the easy that's like the easy choice, you know, for game of the year. Yeah, just go on Zelda. Um, yeah, I know Breath that there's the one. There's some like murmurs that Alan Wake Two could win because you know a lot of games journalists beat that game like right before they had to like submit nominations and they really liked it do you think really though that it's passionate it. about it do you think though that yeah. it's going to be like the god of war versus elden ring thing where it's like everyone thinks it's alan wake and then it's going to be Baldur's and gate. then it's just i duh. feel like it's just Baldur's. i feel i think Baldur's gate 3 just has too much like love like too many people love that game but i think I, I both of those wrong. games are like definitely very much creative passion projects they feel very like personalized artistic games. I mean, yeah. 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 I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it if Alan Wake 2 won. Like, I, mean, I would I think, hate it. I, th- I think like I would rather see Alan Wake 2 win than Zelda just because I think that would at least be like a different enough type of game to win. But I don't, yeah, I don't know. I still think Baldur's Gate 3, like, despite the fact that it's isometric, the, despite the fact that it's like a niche genre that you usually don't see people celebrate. I just think it just took hold of the zeitgeist way too much. Um, but Dragon Age Inquisition is a CRPG, and that won us the first game of the year. Well, Dragon Age Inquisition is not a CRPG. It's it comes from because it's that is like a it's an action role playing. Yeah, that's CRPG. that's like a that's like a uh, what you call it like an Assassin's Creedy kind of like modern Assassin's Creed. No, it's well, it's still well, a CRPG as fuck. But I I played no, it. Oh, it's real time combat. It has a real time combat, like sort of. It's like you should play it. It's hmm. it's like you have like it's hard to explain it. Uh, I will okay. say that 2014 is like notoriously a not great year for video games. So I feel like Bro. Dragon, I feel like Dragon Age Inquisition yeah. was just like people being like, oh, I guess I'll choose this game because yeah. I nobody it, talks about that game anymore. I feel yeah. like Alien and Isolation would have been a better. I wonder what the nominees were. Dude, Bayonetta two should have won, in my opinion. That was way better. Bayonetta, than Bayonetta two, Bayonetta. Dark Souls two, Hearthstone, Middle Earth, Shadows of Mordor. Yeah, those are all better games. <laughs> I actually, uh, I actually kind of like. Uh, I liked uh, the Middle Earth game a lot. I thought yeah, it was, was a good like game. A surprisingly good game. It was a really yeah. good game. I would give it to Bayonetta too. I think that game's masterclass. Yeah. Dark Souls two, Bayonetta two, great. Yeah. yeah. Well, Wolfenstein: The New Order was probably my game of the year that year. That was that, oh, was, that was even yeah, nominated. Wolfenstein came out. That's crazy. What See, they, they don't like? That? There is like a bias against first-person shooters. I think. It's I think this Overwatch. Is, it's it's. Not because of, except for Overwatch, yeah. Um, yeah, they don't ever seem to win. Yeah, yeah I you don't know who doesn't know. vote on the game awards is Jeff Jeff Keighley. That makes sense. Does make sense. I feel like that would be a conflict of interest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I really think Baldur's Gate three is going to sweep. I think it's going to be like. Um, Kind of like kind of boring in a sense, but I feel like it's just gonna like sweep every category it's nominated for. But I could be wrong. It really could just be that all the critics just loved Alan Wake Two at the same time, and it's like this unspoken thing that it's just game of the year. So yeah, yeah. Hmm. I guess we'll see. Um, I mean, we're gonna be there. I'm We're so literally disa- going to be there. I'm so uh, disappointed, though. They're not doing the GTA oh, 6 announcement. Yeah, what the oh, fuck? Well. They're doing it the day before. Trolls. 
Oh, that's fine. I I think that's like Rockstar just doing like big dick swinging. Like we're better than yeah, you, Jeff. it definitely. Is. <laughs> we're bigger we'll than. We'll have you. our own event. Thank you very much. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Best selling game of all time. Um, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that that's gonna be like that's gonna like break the internet. Like YouTube oh, yeah. is just gonna crash or something. That game's gonna be. <laughs> I kind of wish that GTA wasn't so big. I liked it when it was smaller, better. <laughs> San Andreas era, Was GTA, GTA like ever small though? I feel like GTA has never yeah, before been small. GTA three. Before GTA three, sure, yeah. yeah. But like, but even GTA like Vice City and stuff, a... like it wasn't like the mammoth that it is now, like multi-billion, like making know, billions a year for microtransactions. Huge. Like, yeah, there's there was no microtransactions. It wasn't the biggest selling game of all time. It was a big seller, but not like now. It's like this just cultural yeah. phenomenon, mammoth. It's funny because I just hate that game. Like, there's nothing. I, there's nothing I like about that game other than that I can go to Echo Park Lake and uh, and it's backwards and small. Uh, and I I, I yeah. hate the uh, every even like back in 2013. I know, first of all, I just want to clarify: I have never beaten GTA Five. I never attempted to go through the campaign. Uh, I just hate how that game controls. Like, I, like mm. the machine guns are too accurate. The lock on is too shitty. I like it takes too long for your character to turn. Like even back in 2013, I didn't like how it controlled. <laughs> yeah. Well, these, these are my thoughts. Uh, all right. Uh, I promised y'all we'd do a short one, so let's close it up here with uh, recommendations. Oren, what do you got for us? Yeah, uh, my recommendation is uh, really kind of unexpected. Uh, I saw, on a whim, the new Godzilla movie at AMC Theater. Um, I just like was bored yesterday, and I was like, or no, two days ago, and I was like, let's. Go, I'm just gonna go see a movie. Um, it is outstanding. Like I, I like could not believe how good the new Godzilla movie was, and the reason why it's outstanding is because. It's first of all, it's Japanese. It's called Godzilla minus one. And the movie really leans into the idea that Godzilla is a metaphor for the atomic bomb. And uh, so the movie takes place like right around the time the atomic bombs dropped on, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And like the get the, the movie like really has this existential feeling of like the, all these like Japanese characters are just like, Oh my gosh, like, like all of this carnage has happened. Um, like our society is threatened. Like, like what are we going to do when Godzilla is like threatening Japan? And um, there's even like this scene early on in the movie where uh, the main character, who's a kamikaze pl- pilot, <clears throat> he does not sacrifice himself for Japan. And there's this woman who like both of his um, children have died. Her children have died. It's like uh, yelling at him, saying like, "Oh my gosh! Like, if only you had sacrificed yourself for Japan, my like two kids wouldn't have been killed." Like, this is like the kind of human drama that that movie has, and I thought it was like really, really well done and really powerful. And uh, like the final act is really exciting in in ways that are similar to something like Top Gun Maverick, where like you're really on the edge of your seat and you're really like rooting for 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 these uh characters um it's a great film like i think uh like if you want to do like a really great double feature i highly recommend watching christopher nolan's oppenheimer movie and then watching the godzilla movie 
It hmm. sounds like it doesn't make sense, but it actually makes a lot of sense. Because <laughs> I'm like knowing that Godzilla is a metaphor for the atomic bomb. So um, highly recommended. Like really one of the biggest surprises of the year. And honestly, like one of the best movies of the year. Like I'd say like top five best movies of the year. Like I really was shocked by how good it was. So that's my recommendation. God, Godzilla minus one. All right. Uh, we might have lost Kevin, but... Um... That sounds awesome. I definitely want to check that out. My Poor recommendation Kevin. is kind of a double dip. Uh, yeah, maybe Godzilla got him. I hope not. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he lives pretty close to the ocean. Let me tell you. Um, a double dip. I have recommended this before, but this, the fourth season of For All Mankind just hit Apple oh, cool. uh, TV, and I think uh, I've watched up to the, through the third season. It's um, I think it's a really good example of like a a hard science fiction show that does a lot of sociological storytelling um and really lets like economics and politics and other things and bigger bigger things move the plot in interesting ways and it just it has so much uh like the first second season so much so many shots on the moon and like the set that they used and the way they shot it is so convincing that like never for a second do i doubt that they're on the moon I'm, I'm watching it. It's like a massive OLED. So the, the blacks are blacks and the white is white. And it's just like gorgeous, like moon porn, I guess. I don't know what else to say. But like, it, it's just a satisfying science fiction show uh, that takes place in the past. So it's like some very hard sci fi. Uh, and it's uh, it's good. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, I've been meaning to watch that show. I've just kind of. I just like uh, haven't had the motivation to watch like a television show lately. So I've been doing more movies. I just, uh, yeah, I've been struggling to find the, like the commitment. Like I, uh, my mom was telling me like, Oh, you should really watch the marvelous Miss Maisel, which I never watched. And like, I looked at how many seasons there were and I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to watch that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just make a two hour movie, please. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I get that. Um, this is only this is four seasons, ten episodes, but um, it's I don't know, it's a show I don't hear a lot of people talk about, so I figured I'd give it a an extra shout out. But I I, I like it. Um, uh, br- briefly, Kevin, bef- briefly before what? we close out the podcast, because I know Kevin, I think Kevin might uh, be gone. <laughs> Kevin, I think lost his internet, everyone. But um, I just want to yeah, say that um, top top ten uh, TV show lists have been coming out, and uh, looks like. Barry, I'm sorry, not Barry. The Bear and Succession bear. have been dominating them, so it's kind of, which is kind of consistent with what I thought would happen. So, oh um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, when I think about it, like the more I think about Succession in particular, just like that show was phenomenal, like one of the best shows I've seen in many, many years. Um, and and the Bear like improved like mightily upon an already really solid first season. It was really. Really tight, good storytelling. Uh, both, both deserve it. But like I said in the Discord, like I, Barry, man, Barry's kind of not. Barry's fallen off, and I really, when I think about Barry, I'm like, what even happened in Barry? Yeah, it's like I a think, bunch of wacky shit. Like, I think <laughs> Barry like, was. Uh, I feel well. The problem with Barry is that the show like was already kind of complete like at season three like that felt like yeah. the ending you know like when that yeah. season ended i was like oh that's the end of the story so like i felt like i was watching a 10 episode long epilogue where they were just mm-hmm. like trying weird shit and it like didn't yeah. really pan out for me um but uh yeah but um it is kind of funny i saw like one list i can't remember which list it was but it was like 
number one was succession and number two was the bear and then number three was like the last of us <laughs> which like really goes to show that like yeah those were the two best tv shows of the year and then after that there's like a huge drop in quality <laughs> Hmm. so <laughs> i thought that was funny but yeah that is funny <laughs> uh, anyway all but, right well yeah i guess we can wrap the podcast without kevin yeah, yeah his power <laughs> he says his power has gone out so godzilla did not get him uh madden we love you uh next time we record a podcast orna and i will have been at the game awards we will be uh, live uh, commenting and sending snapshots uh, in the Discord. <laughs> so check that shit out. That'll be fun. Watch along with us if you want. If you spot us, if you get a screenshot of us, I don't know if it's, if it's even be possible. But if it doesn't, I swear to God, I will order you a shirt, a Jump Crowd shirt, to your house. Color of your choosing. Uh, and uh, that's it, everybody. Uh, go listen to some Mariah Carey. I'm out of here. Peace. Peace.